Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There is no day like the present, but today is National Ag Day where we celebrate all the Aussie farmers out there, 319,000 plus working on the ground, in your business, on your business, and trying to improve past your own boundary what you can do on your farm. Here on the podcast, we're really talking about how we can optimize Australian farms and get farmers and those that work on farms motivated to push for more and look for another opportunity out there. You don't need to scale out as big as you can go. You can really just earn a bit more with the land that you have, optimize, and become sustainably profitable. So for National Ag Day on this day, we wanted to get a big personality, and a big personality we did get. So we'll be looking into why Australian agriculture has gone viral on a few social media platforms. TikTok essentially is throwing ag out there to not only Australian audiences, but right across the world and connecting with other agricultural audiences across the UK, Canada, America, Europe, and wherever else. We've even picked up a few European listeners on the podcast. So g'day to anyone that's not in Australian agriculture listening in today, but we're celebrating all the Aussie farmers do now. So the big personality we've got on today is Big Farmer Andy. If you're not on TikTok, you probably haven't seen him. He is growing out a bit. So he's on Instagram, growing out his socials, I mean. Um, so he's really doing a stellar effort in pushing agriculture out to what you wouldn't see as the normal audience for agriculture. So the consumers are getting to know a bit about his own farm, agricultural challenges and issues that we come up with each and every day. But also, he's wanting to tackle mental health within agriculture and for 
both young and old, the impact of working in agriculture and how hard working in ag can be on the body, but on also on your mentality. So happy National Ag Day and let's get into this ripper episode. G'day and welcome to the Farmswise podcast. Today is National Ag Day in Australia and we've got Big Farmer Andy on the other end of this call. Big Andy, how are you going? Yeah, good, Jack, mate. I'm going well. I hope you are too. And I hope all your listeners are having a good Ag Day today. It's really important to uh, support and celebrate what we have in Australia in the um, agricultural industry, primary industries. It's a fantastic thing we have here in Australia. It really is. So good to celebrate it. 100% with the media, we sort of just tend to be in there for droughts, floods, as you can see currently. Mm. And if we're having a big harvest or something like that. So it is good to have a day that we can celebrate all the work that's done from the junior like entry level roles right up to the farmers owning and also those in corporate as well. It's pretty important to celebrate everyone in today's day. So mm. thanks for coming on the podcast. You're actually the first dairy guy i've had on the podcast so great to have you on the rest of them are too busy jack i'm up to mischief <laughs> being on here <laughs> <laughs> that that may be it but next year we'll be having an exciting little theme for dairies so maybe you want to come back on and talk a little bit more about your own operation but for today we'll concentrate on national ag day and what it's all about and what it means for you but to let listeners know what's your connection to agriculture well, everybody, I'm a third generation dairy farmer here in Australia, in Queensland. Um, my, in, a, in a nutshell, my grandfather came over in 1936. He had a lease farm a few, about 10 minutes from here for the best part of 10 years where he was a bachelor and he dairy farmed. And uh, the neighbouring farm was the farm my nana grew up on. Um, I'm sure you can kind of put the rest together, but they started the farm that I'm on, the dairy farm I'm on back in the 40s. And I actually live in their old house still. But um, so, yeah, that, that's my connection. Third generation dairy farmer and incredibly proud of it. Absolutely. And you said before the show that you, you are getting quite good prices. It's a good time for agriculture right across the board. Livestock, cropping, Grain prices are through the roof as well. And also you're getting some good money there as a dairy. Yeah, mate. Look, as, yeah, as I was saying to you, best price we've had since deregulation back in 2001. Um, it's been pretty rough up here in Queensland for the past 20 years in dairy. And it's looking like we're finally having a lucky break. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. But, yeah, no, we're, we're doing incredibly well for the time being anyway. <laughs> So is there many dairies left around you guys currently? We, so for your listeners and you, I guess, you know, we, we the farm I'm on now used to be back 50, 60 years ago, seven different dairy farms. Dairy farm, this was dairy country. Yeah. Uh, there were dairies as far as the eye could see. And uh, for reference, back about 20 years ago when deregulation happened, there were roughly 1,500 dairies in Queensland. And today, 20 years on, there are less than 300 dairies left um, just simply because of the price being so low and costs being high and it's just hasn't been very doable for a lot of people and they get out because it's just it's not it's just not feasible anymore yep. so yeah but so no mate no not that many dairies around anymore at all well good to have yourself and 
Is it your old man that's working on the farm with you? Yeah. We're all yep. working with him. Dad, the boss. He's the big boss. Yep. But yeah, no, we're, we're partners in it. But yeah, no, dad's the dad's the brains of the operation. I'm kind of the professional lackey. <laughs> so are you yeah. both doing the early mornings or you got shift work going? Sorry? Are you both doing the early mornings or you got shift work going? Uh, no, so yeah, both early mornings and after. So we, we do the milkings together, two milkings yep. a day um together he in in really early in the morning dad will get the cows while i'll set the dairy up and then we milk together then you have to feed carbs clean the dairy move the cattle again there's a lot involved in one singular milking but yeah no we do it all together during the day we do different jobs usually yep unless there's a bigger project to do like a fence or some pipe maintenance or whatever else but um or cattle work as well that's usually a two-man job but yeah, milkings we always do together. Absolutely, great stuff. So when you're looking to have some time away or something, how do you juggle that with, do you get someone in <laughs> or you just- Time away? <laughs> <laughs> no, so when we have time away, it's it's not very often at all, actually. It's usually a day a day here, a day there, maybe. Yep. Um, and what we do is, is I'll say to dad, hey, listen, I've got this on this date. I'd like to go to it. He gives it the green light. And vice versa, if dad has something to go to, he lets me know and it's fine. We just um, we just do it all by ourselves, but that's not too often. I, I will indulge a bit there and say um, uh, a couple of years ago, my, my mother, or four years ago, my mother had a number of brain injuries. And for two years there, she was in brain injury rehab a number of hours away from here. And so what we used to do to have somebody with mum all the time I would do the dairy for a couple of days without dad and vice versa yep. um, to keep the operation running and to make sure that mum was okay. Luckily, we have an operation that is an appropriate size for one person, a lot easier, more easily managed by two, but you can manage it by yourself as well. But um, we, we manage, but no, not many days off, I'm afraid, Jack. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's a bit of a thing I want to tackle on the podcast later on, how we can improve these one and two man sort of shows, which is probably the majority of farms across Australia, especially family farms. It's myself and my old man as well. So if mm-hmm. we can try to improve those and get those running a lot better, um, mm. it would really go a long way so that you can take that time off and come back into the farm and you're pretty refreshed and see what's going yeah. on in a different light, which is pretty important. Oh yes. And Moving on, for anyone that doesn't know about who Big Andy is, Big Farmer Andy, he hit it large on TikTok and he's got quite the following. You're nearly up to 300,000 followers, I see. Yeah, mate. Getting there, just about. Crazy. Yeah, and as you would know, it definitely didn't happen overnight to get up to that number. It's pretty Mm. astonishing to be in Australian agriculture and hit that number. You see American sort of farm influences and they can hit those numbers easy because there's that many working in agriculture across mm. there. So how did it all happen and what spurred you on to start making TikToks? Well, Jack, about li- literally a year ago today, yeah. um, I actually had a, a nose operation. I couldn't breathe through my nose properly. And I had two weeks off of work. I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to work. I was high as a bloody kite and um, on drugs and all that. And uh, it was actually a pretty rough two weeks. But I had some old videos in my phone and I thought that, oh, well, I'll just, what's this new TikTok thing? I've got this much time on my hands. I'll have a look. And after a couple of days, I thought, oh, I'll upload a few of my old videos from my camera roll. And I did. And strangely, a couple of them did all right. They did pretty well. So I built on that. 
And I've had a couple of videos go incredibly viral. I've got oh, probably five or six videos over the 1 million views mark. And then I've got at least two videos over that 4 million views mark, which is absolutely insane numbers. But I, got, I guess I got to where I am today because I've, I, I built on that initial, initial luck of the very enigmatic algorithm that is TikTok. It just t- kind of decides some videos will do well and some won't. But I built on that and I guess to get to that number and I, I, I you know, as you know, you try and teach people about dairy farming, um, make people laugh as well. And um, I also do a bit of advocacy for mental health on there as well. But that's how I got to that number. But yeah, over, over the course of one year, which is, you know, that's the size of a city. It's insane to have that many people following you. It's crazy. Absolutely. It's nearly the size of Newcastle, the city in yeah. <laughs> New South Wales, which is pretty nuts. I've got, yeah. um, well, I just ticked over 40,000 listeners and that's over the size of Dubbo. So to think of it like that as a city, which is pretty phenomenal to see how it can grow like that, for sure. Yeah, mate. It puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Uh, it's very humbling, isn't it? Absolutely. So for yourself, what sort of role do you think social media plays for yourself? You said you you advocate for mental health within agriculture and the wider community that you probably live in. Um, and how can social media sort of enhance your reach and what you want to do with yourself? Like with well, a meaningful platform rather than just putting videos up. Yeah. More and more important every day, honestly. That's the way the world's going. I, I Before my time on TikTok, I guess, you know, we're all on social media anyway, but, but since becoming well known through TikTok that I've actually come to understand the importance of social media um, to, to educate. See, a lot of my audience, yes, they are country people, but the bigger portion of my audience are actually from the city. Yep. It's this massive appetite amongst, amongst people who dwell in the cities or, or different areas to the country that they really want to understand the country. They want to, they want to be a part of it. The amount of people who've asked me for a job is just insane. Um, and the jobs are there, as you know, the jobs are there to be filled. And so in that way, it's kind of um, filling people's curiosity as well about how dairying is run. Yep. I don't know. I, I just, and, and, and that's, by the way, I'm one of many, as you know. There are so many people on what we call farm talk. There are that many people on TikTok and other social media too, who really promote agriculture in Australia and really shows city people, the country from a farmer's perspective, rather than those perspectives of others who uh, misconstrue and uh, purposefully um, lie about how certain things are done in the country to, you know, paint us in a bad light. And I try and just, and so do many other tiktokers and such try and show people the good side of it the wholesome side of it um the lifestyle that it, that it is and i think that's really important and social media plays a really big part in that 100 and also you've been challenged on your lifestyle and everything but mm. you're pushing back and actually saying and explaining how it all is but they keep coming back to you how important do you think it is to actually educate those people that probably have some shit things to say about you or your family and what you're doing well, as a lifestyle. It's pretty harsh, some of it. Oh, mate, I've had, I've had, I, that's the one bad thing about TikTok. Um, before TikTok, see, I, I talk about mental health. I've had depression in my life, but I've never had anxiety. 
And yep. TikTok has brought about anxiety um, because I've had death threats. I've had horrible, horrible things said about me, horrible videos made about me. And I do, because often when I go to town, so at least one person, if not a few more, will recognize me, come up and say hello. And I do worry that one day it's not going to be a very good apple who does come up and see me one day. But um, those people who decide to be nasty and pathetic, um, you can't save them. You know, you can say what you say. And if they continue to hold their views and to be yeah. um, horrible, there's not much you can do about it, but cop it on the chin and keep moving on because people who have their heads screwed on the right way can see through it. Yep. And, and most of the audience I have are, are pretty bloody good, decent people. It's just that very vocal 5% of people who think they know better, think they're experts on everything and uh, completely self-righteous people who want to tear other people down for Lord knows why. And you just cop it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And the way that you take it can really impact yourself in both a negative or positive way for those and their mental health within agriculture is a, bit of a it's a large subject that is difficult to approach in just one episode but what's your learnings coming and dealing with these challenges you may not have seen them as challenges before but they come up and arise as you build your own profile on social media and getting attacked verbally but it's online um, how have you overcome these for anyone else out there looking to overcome them as well um be sure of yourself. Yeah. If you're going to post things on social media and show people your life, um, know in yourself that you are doing the right thing and know that anybody who has anything to say in a, uh, any, anyone who has a negative perspective on what you're doing uh, in an unjustified manner, um, just it gets to the point where you kind of just have to ignore them and let them go because they're not the kinds of people you need in your life. They're not the kinds of people you should be focusing on. They're not the kinds of people you need to drain your energy on. They're not worth the time of day. You just make sure you do the right thing by yourself, do the right thing by your family and your friends and those others in your, in your life who you're close to. And um, anyone else who wants to give you a hard time can just jump in, a, jump in the bloody lake. <laughs> That's it. Just shrug them off. Um, all yep. part of the challenges that we have in agriculture. And as a young bloke working within the family dairy, what other sort of challenges do you have? Is it like with technology or with probably the pricing? What do you see in the next um, couple of years? I think industry-wide, it's going yep. to be motivation. But personally, oh, look, I don't know. I don't really have that many issues at all, mate. I just, I just push on, keep going. I know, but I guess I was brought up on the farm. Yeah, It's second nature to me, all of this. But I think getting other young people into dairy farming is a bit different because it's a seven-day-a-week, 52-weeks-a-year job. And it's, not, it's, a, it's a lifestyle choice. It's not something that just anybody can do. You have to really immerse yourself in it, much like any other agriculture. Um, you really have to immerse yourself in it. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Don't keep trying because you're just going to wear yourself out. So, but personally, no, I don't have any, any ma ma massive issues at all. I mean, technology and all that's fine out here. Um, yeah. yeah, so no, no issues there. So what's getting you up every day? What motivates you and your old man <laughs> to keep going in the family dairy, but also yes. to keep prospering on um, against all the challenges that we have currently within 
to deal with the environment, also our social license that we're needing mm. so much of this day, these days? That's a very, very good question. It's a very philosophical question, that one, Jack. I, um, I guess what gets me out of bed is knowing that, uh, well, I'm a very family-oriented person, so I know that if I get out of bed and do the best I can, I'm doing the best by the people around me, immediately yeah. around me. That's what really motivates me to make sure that my family and my friends are uh, well looked after and the animals are well looked after and the land is well looked after because there's a lot of, it's a lot of um, tradition in what we do, I guess, having been here for the best part of 80 years. Um, I, I guess sticking to the tradition of this place motivates me as well, knowing that we have such a rich history here. But another thing that gets me out of bed a lot of the time, Jack, is, is guilt. <laughs> There's nothing like guilt, mate. Gets you out of bed in two seconds. You know, if I wake up five minutes late, holy smokes, I'm out of the door in two seconds. Because, yeah. you know, you feel guilty about, you know, not being at work on time, even though it's bloody early in the morning. But, you know, it's, um, yeah, guilt is definitely a motivator as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially to work in the dairy industry, those early hours. So what does your daily routine sort of look like? What time are you up and... How do you get yeah, going so, so early in the morning? Um, we actually start a little bit later than most. I, I wake up at 4.30 and then I'm at the dairy at about quarter to five. Um, and then I guess dad goes and gets the cows. So I set the dairy up and we do everything we have to do. And I get home about eight o'clock in the morning, a little bit after. Um, and then I guess throughout the day, you know, I might do from about 10 o'clock till two o'clock doing yes. whatever I have to do on the farm. I have another couple of hours break and then at four o'clock until about seven, milking again. So it ends up being about a 10 hour day. But yep. um, yeah, so three hours it can be very draining session. sometimes. Sorry. Three hours each milking session. That's pretty, pretty good to get it down to six hours for the day. Then you can have a couple of hours to do other jobs. Yeah. Fit so, in your yeah, that's the beauty of dairy farming, Jack. The days are incredibly bloody long. And it allows you to have an hour or two here and there um, just to just uh, more housework or whatever bills you've got to pay and everything else that isn't on farm stuff, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And I work in that in and since I came back from overseas, it really hits you like none of the shops are open. So you have to take a couple of hours off during work just to post a letter, post a parcel, just get anything sort of done. Um, mm. So it's pretty important and vital for yourself that, you can work that in. Mm, incredibly important. Yeah. So one thing I love about Australian agriculture is the flexibility of it. I'm here talking during my work day on a podcast to Big Farmer Andy about what we love about National Australia Ag Day, um, which is pretty cool to be able to do. Ten years ago, I don't think I even thought this would ever happen so mate we would have been sending faxes to each other <laughs> yeah that's it i think when i was younger i actually had a pen pal over in wa i sent him one letter and i don't think he ever sent a letter back because <laughs> we were out at Wakenya, pretty restricted or well, not restricted but it's 300 k's to go see your best mate um mm. so i think i went online looked at penpower.com got one in wa and bloody bastard didn't send me one back <laughs> that silly silly fella if he bloody wishing he had now <laughs> yeah, he's probably got regrets now of course but mate for australian agriculture what are you most excited about for the next 10 years there's been a bit of a 
don't know, is it a rumour that you want to get into politics and improve that side of the world? Or where do you want to tackle and what do you want to do in the next 10 years with yourself? What do I want to do? Yeah, I, I definitely want to get involved in politics as much as possible yep. in, in a number of years from now, probably. But to really promote agriculture, because it's such a massive part of our economy, but it's a massive part of the Australian identity. But what really excites me about the next 10 years coming is that, well, I've learned through social media, the amount of young people there are actually in agriculture, far more than I ever thought, actually. And there's a lot of people, and people who are maybe not, are maybe, maybe not in it yet, who really want to be involved. That excites me a lot because it kind of means that the, the big wheel, big cog that is Australian ag will continue because there are people in Australia who want to keep it going. They want that lifestyle. They want to continue that culture of the country, of farming. Um, and also, I guess, what also um, excites me is that innovation continues. Technology is rapidly, rapidly um, advancing. And I'm sure that in 10 years' time, there'll be all kinds of new methods in all kinds of different ways of farming, whether your crops, whether your livestock or what have you, there will be all these new ways of farming that will uh, probably be better for the planet, but possibly better for the farmer themselves as well. So that's really exciting too. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's what I'm trying to do for the podcast and give the farmers a better life so they can manage and improve their profits, but also growing that alongside sustainability I think a lot of people see that you can't be a sustainable farm and also grow your profits. So trying to educate around that is a big one. Um, mm. I think, yeah, a lot, lot to do with the education and probably getting the message out there. Not all farmers listen to podcasts. So there's only probably a handful that will listen to this one. Um, mm. So yeah, there's a lot of work to be done in the next 10 years. And if someone else isn't doing it, you may as well step in and do it yourself. I don't know what would happen if this Farms Wise podcast wasn't around, if someone else would get in and do one. Um, mm. Or like yourself, if someone sees Big Andy on TikTok, are they going to get in there and do it? Or, yeah, what have you? Well, I guess, you know, and, I, and I'm not... There are a few others on TikTok and whatever else that are even bigger followings than me. And I'm glad that they're there too, educating people. But, yeah, look, I think there'd be a bit of a vacuum if we didn't have this a platform like your podcast or a platform like my TikTok. You know, there would be a bit of a vacuum because we are really, uh, in, in a way, in an essence, creating content that is um, there's a bit of, there is an appetite for, and the people are ready and willing to consume so that they can further learn about ag, whether they're already farmers or not, because it is very interesting stuff. And I guess what we do kind of. Um, brings that all to a head and makes it easier for people to digest, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're probably the unseen channels filtering people through and getting them excited about agriculture and how it looks and it's perceived and probably getting people into jobs. So I did that big drive for harvest rolls. And as you said before, there's a lot of young people in Australian agriculture working as well, but like it was astonishing how many 14, 15, 13 year olds wanted to drive a header, but I probably just said, no, you probably need your license before you can do it. <laughs> Mum can't drop you out to the header yet. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the interest is there. And in five odd years, if hopefully that interest hasn't waned yeah. and they still want to do those jobs because the jobs will likely be there, won't they? Yeah, definitely. If the, if the bloody weather's 
kind to us. <laughs> That's it. Like we've there's full time jobs and casual seasonal jobs as usual. But I think there's nearly more full time jobs on Australian farms than there are casual um, throughout this time. So it's very exciting to see what's going to happen in the next few years for Australian agriculture. And hopefully mm. you can keep the content coming up with TikTok or wherever we else evolve into. Oh, Jesus, yeah, it gets a bit difficult sometimes. Jack, I'm sure you'd know with the podcast, keep coming up with stuff. Sometimes I have periods where I'm just like, oh, people can wait, you know, because, but but that, that, that said, there's always, um, see, every day you're doing something. It's not hard to whip the phone out and just film it and say, hey, look, I'm doing this today, blah, 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 blah. People love that, just being a part of that farm experience. So there's always something to film on a farm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I always see that as well. But yeah, you can hit that burnout. Wasn't sure if I'd even worry about an episode for Ag Day, as I knew there's going to be so much content coming out today, mm. and there already has been. Um, so hopefully this can hit the mark and get people oh, thinking mate, about Oh, worry, Jack. I'm going to push this like you won't believe. Your audience is going to quadruple. No, <laughs> but, but I think this is no. Seriously though, um, I think this is a re- really important conversation for people to listen to this one in particular, but I do know that today there have been and there, and there will be um, a lot of, a lot of content on social media for people to look at. And so let's hope that they can listen to this conversation as well. Yeah. Fantastic, mate. Just a casual conversation, nothing pushy and just looking at what's important in life about getting into mental health and making, checking in with yourself within Australian agriculture if anyone is on TikTok and you don't know Big Farmer Andy or even on Instagram, check him out. He's got some great content on there and really worth the follow. And I, I promise I'm more normal than I look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do get that on social media. But of course, so before you go, what's your one piece of farm's advice you'd love to pass on to the younger generation coming through? Have an open mind. You'll never know. No one knows everything. And there are always new ways to, there are always different ways and new ways to, in, in what you're doing, whatever you are doing on the farm, there's always a different way to do something. Um, always listen to older people. They always have the words of wisdom, but don't necessarily uh, get stuck in the past either. Just be incredibly critical in your thought process and be critical of yourself and your practices on the farm. But just know that not any, nobody knows everything Take every day as it comes. There's always something new to learn on a farm. I learn something new every day. So just have an open mind to it all and you'll be fine. Beautiful. Great work, Annie. And for anyone in your realm of agriculture, who else would you like to hear on the Farm Size podcast and why? Um, Uppy. Do you know Uppy? Yeah. Andrew Uphill. I think he would be... Have you had him on before? No, I haven't. He would be somebody really worth listening to. He is incredibly clever. Um, he knows... Australian ag inside out. He knows a lot of the people in it really well. And he is a, a, a real a real treasure. And he's really somebody worth speaking to. You'll learn a lot from him. Uppy. Also another boss. TikTok star in Australian farming in New South Wales, far north, I think. Mm. Um, but beautiful, mate. Thanks for coming on the episode today. And especially for this day, Ag Day, right across Australia, celebrating farmers and all that work in Australian agriculture. What's your socials so we can give you a follow online? Um, Big Farmer Andy, big underscore farmer underscore Andy. Um, Originally, it was just gonna be Farmer Andy, but someone already had that. 
And I thought, well, because I'm a six foot five bloody giant, I'll just put big at the front of it. So I'm big bloody farmer yeah. Andy. <laughs> Absolutely, that is big. Thanks, Andy. We'll be in touch. No worries, Jack. Big farmer Andy. Thanks for listening in to this very special episode and happy National Ag Day. I hope you're out there taking a break or you're getting stuck into harvest. Make sure you listen to our harvest series talking about how you can improve, optimize and get a better return on your harvest next year. Just a few ideas out there to shake it up and see what you're doing or what you're not doing. So thanks for tuning in to today's episode, a bit of a bonus episode on the podcast for the very special day. We will be celebrating agriculture every week right through the year with a Farms of Ice podcast each week. So make sure you stay tuned and have a cracking day. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.